This is Change the Conversations, a podcast created to help you say things, feel things, do things, listen, and communicate differently to lead to greater understanding. Because if we truly want change in our world, we need to do some things differently. Join our host, Amy Vanderlinden, a pelvic health therapist, business owner, and entrepreneur who is passionate about helping men and women know and feel confident in their bodies by educating us about health, seeking truth, and speaking boldly to stop settling, stop suffering, and stop the cycle of shame that is holding us back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. We are so excited to have our guest here today, our CEO and therapist, Amy Vanderlinden, in response to momentoftruthpt.com. That is her website. We're talking about Moment of Truth Healing Space, and we're here talking to her now more about the work she's doing and excited to talk to her about that. So let me first and foremost start off by where are you located? You're in a beautiful state, aren't you? With good weather. Yeah, Arizona. It's nice and sunny and beautiful here right now. Um, we're just northwest um, in the Phoenix Valley. Beautiful. And so here as a therapist, let me just ask just a little bit about yourself. Uh, if you don't mind starting off by telling me a little bit about your background. Yeah, of course. So I've been a physical therapist for 23 years, um, getting up there into the numbers that it's like, oh my gosh. Um, I'm 45. It's okay. I'm just a couple years older and have had my own practice now for, gosh, going on 10, 11 years. Um, So that really started because of my love of myofascial release. And so, yeah, we have a pelvic physical therapy practice here Mm -hmm. in the Phoenix area and um, love it. Beautiful. Well, it's momentoftruthpt.com. You want to give us your email and our phone number, any social media pages as well before we continue? Absolutely. So we have um, the yoga studio here. So that's Healing Space Yoga Studio has its own Facebook, Instagram, azhealingspace.com is that website. And then for physical therapy, super passionate about education. So we have the Moment of Truth Physical Therapy um, Facebook page, Instagram and YouTube channel, YouTube channel. You got it, girl. You know. Um, so yeah, we have all of that going on. Um, have a couple podcasts of my own. So yeah, love educating, especially women. Fantastic. And I know you're, you've been married for 23 years. My goodness. Congrats. And how old are you kids? My kids are, I have a girl who just turned 18. I'm not sure how that's possible. And then my son is 15. Oh my gosh. Well, congratulations on that. So let's get into some of the specifics. I mean, again, the YouTube channel, I know you're very passionate about. So you said the first uh, that pelvic PT exists uh, for women who uh, truly want to know their bodies, take control of their health. For someone who had two kids and both times um, had uh, bladder incontinence, I had prolapse. I was like, what is this? What do I do? No one ever told me, sorry, with labor that this is like very common. And I had no idea what was going on after I had the baby. I just felt weird. And then one day I looked down and I'm like, oh my, I had no idea. Like, I wish they would have warned me about this ahead of time because I could have done preparational exercises. Is that part of it as well? I mean. Absolutely. And that's why one of my main phrases is kind of no settling, no suffering, no shame. Because again, most women have no idea pelvic physical therapy exists. We are very confused 
by different messaging around what's common versus what's normal. So we do a lot of talking about that. Um, and so it might be common to leak pee after having several kiddos or might be common to have some issues with prolapse, especially with maybe subsequent yep. deliveries or more challenging delivery, or there's lots of factors for that. Um, but again, women don't know that there's help. So we talk a lot about that, no settling, no suffering and no shame. We work a lot with um, painful sex and I'm extremely passionate about helping women have better sex, um, no matter their age, no matter number of kids or any of the other factors they might be facing. Beautiful. So again, Moment of Truth Healing Space includes the full yoga private uh, the studio, the pelvic physical therapy, massage therapy, and so much more. So what did you want to get into today for uh, the show? Where would you like to start? I mean, I know you have some specifics there of what you wanted to cover for today. Well, yeah, again, I think along that messaging of helping women know their bodies, we are one of the only practices in the Valley. There aren't too many that treat men. Um, men need pelvic physical therapy far uh, less often, but even with them, they have no idea that they right. don't have to wait till prostate surgery or mm -hmm. worry about erectile dysfunction or hemorrhoids or a lot of the other issues that, again, most people think there's either only medication or surgery as solutions. And that just isn't true. There's so much that we can do for healing in the body, for um, taking pressure out of the system, for taking inflammation tension out of the system. We do treat the whole body. Uh, it's part of the whole myofascial release approach, but um, I definitely spend a lot of my days educating because most people have, again, have never heard of pelvic PT, but they've also never really heard of myofascial work. So um, we do a lot of teaching. Awesome. And also you mentioned um, no settling, no suffering, no shame. Uh, did you want to talk about some of the activities and workouts that we could do um, in particular to help us and the types of therapies that you offer? Absolutely, Jill. I think we work with runners, CrossFitters, um, people that just want to be able to lift their kids in strollers and all the things that we're always juggling in and out oh, of the by car. By the way, I, I, September 18th, I just had double hernia surgery. My oh kids my are God. six and eight. But I still have that double stroller. I'm lifting it in and out for all the sports. I'm carrying their bags. I'm carrying everything around the house. So let alone pelvic issues, I don't have enough strength in my abdominal issue at 45. So these things are so serious. I'm sorry to interject there, but it's just, no, you mentioned lifting stroller. That's how I think I did it. Mm -hmm. Well, and well, gosh, and you mentioned sports, those sports wagons, God bless. So those are brutal too. And so, yeah, women are kind of known for doing all the things all the time. And so big part, we really want to empower women to know their own body. So they're not relying on me or any other health provider to know what to do or to trust whether or not they need surgery or to trust whether or not they need, um, you know, fill in the blank, really. And so we do have the yoga studio here. And that's really twofold. Yes, yoga is very safe for pregnancy and postpartum. It's a great place to start for rebuilding your core. But deeper than that, the main reason I opened the yoga studio was there are so few things in our world that help us to slow down and mm. stop and breathe and to learn how to trust ourselves again and to learn how to kind of look inward and really, again, trust that what we're feeling is true. Trust that our own experience and our own bodies is true. Women have been told for so long, oh, no, it can't be that bad. We didn't find anything on MRI. No, I'm sure sex isn't that painful. Have a glass of wine. Um, and I'm not exaggerating. These are things that women tell me all the time. 
So, um, well, of course you should just have a hysterectomy. You're done having kids. Why would you need your uterus? You know, there's just so many things that I don't want women. Now, if you want to go have a hysterectomy, that's a different conversation, but I want women to know their options and to know their own health and know their own anatomy. And so that kind of really is what drives a Mm -hmm. lot of our educational content. And also, um, did you want to focus a little bit more on some other specific areas or did you want to kind of get into the whole behind the Amy Vanderlinden and how, oh, you know, gosh. yeah, growing wherever up. Wherever you want to take it, Jill. Whatever, ba- let, let's get your backstory. Let's get your backstory. I think that's always an important thing to do. Um, mostly from Arizona. Um, lived for 11 years of childhood in Maryland then back to Arizona for undergrad, ended up getting into Boston University for grad school. That must have been God's plan. I really am still unsure how that happened. I think Boston's one of the coolest cities in the country and had a blast there. Although grad school, I worked my rear end off, but um, (laughs) (laughs) ended up married to an awesome man. Um, He was my nice, safe accounting computer geek. And Decided to go back to the fire world. So I'm a fire wife. Um, He's been on the department now uh, 18 years. So it's a good life for us. We love it. And again, have the two kids. But um, I really never grew up seeing myself as an entrepreneur. I never had any of these visions of owning my own business or starting a company or things like that. And it was really when I started taking the myofascial classes back in 2009 that gave me back that love of healing and love of the body and all that we're capable of that really to have the impact I wanted to have and be able to share that particular gift and technique with my clients. I really kind of just decided to forge my own path. So that's a very short backstory. No, that's beautiful. Oh my goodness. All right. And clearly you love what you do. Now, by the way, can we talk a little bit about the in-person services? And there's also some virtual services too, right? Not a ton of virtual. So we do have the sex webinar um, that's about ready to go out online, as well as a mom-daughter Know Your Body workshop that we're going to create into an online webinar. Again, just out of that passion of wanting girls and women to know their own anatomy, know their own bodies, and not have so much confusion, not have so much... Um, feeling at the mercy of other healthcare providers, but most of our services are in person. We're looking at your or your body, you know, face to face, especially because work in the pelvic area is extra sacred. I think anytime you're going to put your hands on someone, that's a privilege and an honor and should be taken very seriously um, in any context, but especially when we're, if you think really about any statistics around the likelihood that a woman's had some birth trauma or possibly some childhood trauma, sexual trauma, infertility, miscarriages. If you factor in those statistics, the chance that someone walking through our door doesn't have some level of trauma is almost zero. And so we take that very, very seriously. Um, It's part of why our work is foundational with the myofascial and trauma-informed care. And so we have individual treatment rooms here. I think that face-to-face personal connection is is pretty sacred for creating that safe space. Um, safety is our core, number one core value here. And so um, we don't do a lot of telehealth or telemedicine. We do all of that in person. Our yoga classes are available um, live via Zoom, just also for convenience. But 
Um, we do focus mostly for, especially for the myofascial massage on in-person services. Oh, yeah. And by the way, not everybody may know what that even is. So tell me 100%. about myofascial so massage. All you. your connective tissue. doesn't have to be super mysterious. Um, we're basically a giant sack of tubes and wires and organs, which are basically bones. like balloons, and our bones are sort of like columns. And so your fascia is what connects it all. And one part can pull on another part. And it's literally like the silly song, you know, the thigh bones connected to the knee bone and uh -huh. all that. And so um, your fascia helps regulate tension everywhere. And your nerves and your blood vessels have to go through that fascial web, so to speak. And it can control and influence the fluidity in our systems. And so we don't want that fluid either from trauma or inflammation or injury or what have you to start to get sludgy. We want things to be flowing. We want things to be slidey glidey, um, surgeries and scars, even something tiny like an episiotomy scar or like a smaller incision from a scope. They do so many amazing surgeries via scope now, probably your your hernia surgeries even, that the incisions can be very the small. Robotic arms. Yep. Can, mm -hmm. Yeah, it can still kind of fragment the fluidity and energy of the body. And so we do a lot of work to help create that flow again and remove those restrictions, take pressure off of hoses and nerves. And let me ask this, you work with people, let's start uh, while they're pregnant, right? So before, during and after, could you share a little bit about that journey? Why you think it's important for those that may be pregnant to start on this journey? Yeah, and I think I'll kind of start at the end and work backwards a little bit. So women are coming to me all the time and they're asking, is such and such normal, right? Do I look normal down there? And I would really like to get to where all the way back to teen years when we start our period and, and menstruating and all of that and have girls learn about their body, learn our normal cycle of discharge and bleeding and our own fertility so that, again, they're not at the mercy of misinformation online mm -hmm. or certain providers. Um, and then from there, they know, you know, it's normal for us to have certain lubrication and discharge at different times of the month. And that doesn't mean you have a yeast infection or a UTI. It doesn't mean you're disgusting. It doesn't mean anything's wrong. Um, please don't douche. Like, it's like, don't mess with the pH down there and just kind of start from those teen years. And then into pregnancy, I think if we could go back to that point, I think we could have a really positive impact on some of the things that are hijacking our fertility so often right now. Then into pregnancy, um, again, women don't have to suffer with, oh, the baby's on your bladder, so you're going to leak pee. Or, oh, there's nothing you can do about that diastasis or separation of your ab muscles. Baby's going to get how big baby's going to get. Um, these are things women are told there's pain at the pubic bone. It's a specific kind of disorder dysfunction. And often, again, women are just told, well, baby's just going to get bigger. You it'll get better after they come out. It's like there's a lot that we can do to have a much more comfortable pregnancy, help women feel a lot more prepared going into delivery and I think my favorite thing about working with pregnant women is helping them know the pros and cons. Um, I was actually reading an article this morning, and I think instead of C-sections, we should start calling it what it really is, major abdominal baby extraction surgery. It is I massive. I can't surgery. understand. And the only, my cousin had twins. She had a C-section just two months ago. She was in the hospital for three days. That was it. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Normally, I heard it's like two, but like... How is that after having the hernia surgery and not having abs because they cut into your abs three different, but again, this is not full slice going in organs out organ. 
I'm like, how the heck could you take care of your children afterwards? Why do people think this is like, it, do men make the rules? I mean, because, right, what is the standard? That probably would be a very productive rant. It's one I've gone on often. You have a C-section. How many days standard is it? Like two days in the, the hospital? In the hospital, it's usually like two to three instead of one to two. It's only one extra day most of the time, unless there's some issues. Oh, with- about a week. Uh, I mean, it's that brutal. I, I, could, I, do, I can't speak. I have a meal service and a cleaning person, and they just send you home with this random list of don'ts. You're not supposed to lift over 10 pounds. You can't vacuum for... And what if your baby's 10 pounds? I mean... God forbid you put the baby in the car seat. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Um, And so, yeah, we need to start calling it major... I think the extraction part comes from being a firewife. That's what they call and they have to cut people out of the car. Yes, exactly with the special tools. It is major abdominal surgery. Major. Yeah. So we help women know the pros and cons um and well yeah look, things- look if someone gets into an at car accident and like you know your husband's there on the scene and they they slice their <laughs> abdomen open and they seal it up that person's in the hospital for quite a few days and i mean the trauma it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense i'm sorry but i'm going back so to that right. <laughs> yeah you're so right um but yeah help them know like you know if you have a vaginal delivery you can help with this if you do end up with an abdominal C-section, we can still help you with the scar tissue. We can help you regain um, that confident engagement of your core and your abs, whether it's diastasis, leaking pee, painful sex, all the things that influence recovery. Even, you know, some women that get really upset, they really wanted a natural vaginal delivery. So they get really um, hijacked and traumatized by having a C-section. And so just being able to have a lot of those conversations and set up healthier expectations Because a lot of times in the moment, there's not informed consent. They're not told these are the pros and cons of Pitocin, which is the drug they use to induce most often. This is why we're recommending this. This is what we think you should do. What would you like to do? That would be truly informed consent. That's not happening, especially in moments of urgency, crisis, whatever. And so just really being able to have some of those conversations so women feel a lot more knowledgeable in a very unpredictable, unsettling situation. I'm also a big uh, advocate for doulas. They're so great to have in the room with you, kind of be that go-to person to help you if decisions come up. And I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Could you explain what that is, a doula compared to a midwife? Is it the same thing? No. So okay. midwives are like OBGYNs in that they can deliver the baby. Um, depending on level of midwifery training, they can prescribe things they can stitch if there's some small tearing or what have you. Um, the doula is more of a, a birth, birth and delivery coach. Um, again, it kind of spans a lot of doulas also do photography. Some doulas also do placenta encapsulation and some other services, but they're more to coach and be an advocate for you throughout the process. And the great thing about a doula is whether you're having a home birth, a birth center delivery or a hospital delivery, they can be with you. And if things change, maybe you're planning a home birth, but something's going on with your heart rate or blood pressure or babies, and you have to transport to the hospital, the doula can go with you. Sometimes your midwife can't. So, um, well, gosh, what happened with COVID? Yeah. Right. So many people lack the care, the, the experience, the every, I mean, well, you're in New York, right? So it was way worse there. Yeah. Really, really difficult season for everybody. 
Oh, my goodness. Again, also want to point out, um, Amy, uh, tell us the website one more time before we continue. Momentoftruthpt.com. Perfect. And also, I want to let you all know, men too can benefit from your services. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Most of the time, men develop pelvic issues, either from direct trauma. Um, it can be a little bit more common in cyclists, um, powerlifters, weightlifters, gymnasts. They just have really tense pelvic floor muscles. Men have two layers instead of three. Um, but even something as seemingly benign or simple as hemorrhoids can really lead to a lot of problems. And most okay. of the time, first given cream or medication, then sometimes they'll do um, hemorrhoidectomies where they kind of ablate and close off the hemorrhoids. But those can sometimes lead to fissures, which are severely painful. And if you kind of go back to what I was saying about fascia and just taking pressure out of the system and pressure off of those nerves, and which are basically our wires and tubes, and sort of mitigating or dispersing some of the pressure on the blood vessels, we can have a very positive impact on hemorrhoids. And by the same mechanism, help, you know, either Cialis or Viagra both function through improving blood flow. So we can do that same thing, taking tension out of the fascial system, addressing things that could be restricting blood flow down there to either the penis or the clitoris can improve sexual function for men and women. Interesting. Wow. See, see, this is great. Men and women, she serves. All right. Uh, we still got just, oh my gosh, only four minutes left on the show. Amy, what else did you want to make sure we share for today? Oh, gosh. Again, I think one of my most passionate topics recently has been helping men and women have their best sex whenever, um, even that, if that's in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And I think a lot of that starts from, again, knowing our own anatomy. Um, most men are very eager to do their best possible work if they knew better. Mm -hmm. And I think it really goes back to women not knowing their own bodies. If we could kind of jump all the way back to kindergarten, when we first were taught that um, boys have a penis and girls have a, what were Vagina. we taught? Vagina. Vagina. Yeah. Which is not accurate. So yes, girls have a vagina, but our so sexual we should say are, wait so what should we be saying because i have six and eight year old we should be saying clitoris, clitoris. our yeah. sexual organ and the clitoris is much larger than it appears um we mostly know about the nub that can be so sensitive just under the urethra at the top of the vaginal opening but mm -hmm. the legs of the crura of the clitoris actually go down inside like a wishbone and um, sometimes during internal penetration, that can be very positive or just that pressure even on the outer part. But more than 60% of women require clitoral stimulation for orgasm. Yeah. And the, there's some variation on this, but even on the shorter, quicker end, it takes women an average of 14 to 20 minutes. Average, guys, 14 to 20 minutes. Go set a timer for 14 minutes. You will be shocked how long it is. So 14 mm -hmm. to 20 minutes to reach orgasm. And a man in comparison, tell us. Oh, gosh, like two to six. Yeah. So be aware, be compassionate, gentlemen. And most women will not orgasm from penetration. And I don't think most men or women know that. And so we have these totally skewed expectations going into an already challenging, not discussed, loaded with different belief systems and mm -hmm. upbringings. And... I'm just trying to help 
educate so that people can just relax and embrace their bodies and understand their own bodies and know what to tell their partners and have a lot better sex. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, we appreciate you. Amy Vanderlimmon, tell us again how we can reach out to you. So we're here in Peoria, Arizona, outside Phoenix. Um, Momentoftruthpt.com is the website. Would love for you guys to jump on the YouTube channel. Again, I'm really passionate about educating. We have um, 53 episodes of a Bellies, Babies, and Birth podcast, a lot of info around pregnancy and postpartum, as well as a Change the Conversations podcast where, again, I'm just trying to open up and change some of these discussions around sensitive topics. So, as and again, tons and tons of videos all related to pelvic health, pregnancy, postpartum, Beautiful. men too, um, all on that YouTube channel, lots of video content. Perfect. Thank you so much. Pleasure having you here. So excited to talk to you and uh, looking forward to the next time we speak. Thank you again. Thanks so much, Jill. Looking forward a, to it. Same here. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed, could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Thanks so much for listening to Change the Conversations. We would love to hear from you and how you are going to be changing the conversations you have. Please listen, share, and let us know what other conversations you'd like us to be changing. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, feel free to email us at changetheconversations13 at gmail.com.